Hi, he's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Bears podcast. Where Jason, it's emergency podcast time. The Bears finally traded their pick. We will talk about what they got uh, for the number one overall pick, what this means for free agency, what this means for Ryan Poles' legacy, all that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, it's Friday evening about 7 o'clock and the Bears have traded their pick 48 days before they absolutely had to. uh, the number one overall pick is going to the Panthers, and in return, the Bears are getting two ones, two twos, and DJ Moore. Thoughts? It's a good haul, Pat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I apologize for my voice. I'm, I've lost my voice, but it's starting to come back. This is um, actually this is good compared to a week ago. It's Your much voice- better than a week ago. <laughs> uh, the overall haul is very good, and it's good to have it now. Mm-hmm. And I think David Moore is a good piece for DJ them Moore? to add. I'm sorry, DJ Moore. Yes, there's yep. a big difference. David uh, is his father. <laughs> I, am, I am concerned, though, that they went all the way down to nine. Right. I think that takes you out of the... Now, granted, you can draft Tom Brady in the at the end of the draft, but the guys that everyone thinks are Hall of Fame level talents are in the top four or five. And I really would have liked to have seen the Bears go no worse than fourth because Pat, you look at this roster. They really, really need a star. DJ Moore to to me helps to make up for that a little bit. I think DJ Moore is better than any receiver on the Colts roster or receiver on the Texans roster or receiver uh, within reason on the Raiders roster. Uh, To me, that pushes this over the top. You know, you you heard Ryan polls when he kind of did the, uh, car wash with national outlets at the end of the combine talk about how what he threw the number seven around about how the bears thought there might be seven guys uh, who are worthwhile. That might not include all four quarterbacks. And if so, maybe that number does get down to nine, but you're right. I mean, they could have had Will Anderson at one. They probably could have traded to two and gotten or certainly gotten Will Anderson probably could have traded to four and maybe taken their chances and gotten uh, Anderson, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. We'll see. Uh, what you know seven weeks of NFL teams poking around with him produces but you know the blue chip guy is probably not going to be there at nine Uh, if Ryan Poles can live with that and and prefers volume I don't blame him because you know the Bears aren't one Will Anderson away from from being good they might be four or five hits uh, away from you know getting where they need to be and now he gets more bites of the apples he's talked to us before Jason about how he thinks the best way to draft is to have a lot of draft picks. We saw that in the seventh round last year. And, and you know, if he can have a decent batting average there, uh, you know, the Bears probably just stumbled into three or four keepers today. Well, Pat, they have four picks in the top 64 this year. Mm-hmm. And that's double what you should have just going by 32 teams. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that that should be, those should be instant starting caliber players for the Bears maybe not a star, but maybe you do get a starting left tackle right now. If you're the bears, you're hoping there's a major run on quarterbacks. Yep. You're hoping those quarterbacks go one through four if -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. And maybe you end up with 
Tyree Wilson or something. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. you get lucky at nine uh, and end up with somebody that maybe, if it was just going by ability, would have gone fifth or something like that. But they might not be done trading. No, right. I mean, they you remember be- when the Dolphins made this landmark trade that we always talk about for tra- with uh, the 49ers for the pick that ended up being Trey Lance? They took part of what they got from the 49ers and traded back up to get, I want to say it was Jalen Waddell. So yeah, true. There's so much time. This might not be the end of it. It, it might not be, although when you look at the picks they have, I can't imagine them uh, moving next year's one that they just got from the Panthers uh, to go up in the draft, uh, you know, uh, you know, a two, you know, a second round pick two years from now probably isn't going to do it either. Uh, I, I don't know what they would trade, you know, and especially, you know, <laughs> their most, one of their most valuable trade pieces is in the pockets of the Pittsburgh Steelers today. And that's because of the uh, Chase Claypool trade. Now, yeah, I, I, I don't now know by the way, Pat, you, you brought up the, the Carolina 2024 first round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be a really, really, really good pick. Absolutely, that could that could be number one overall. I mean, well, and, Carolina and, was really bad this year, and now I mean, uh, who who is possibly going to play quarterback for them? I mean, that could be a draft. really, really valuable pick. You got to wait. You got to right. wait a year for that to really pay off, but that could be really uh, better than anything Ryan Poles has acquired in his first year on the job. Even if it's nine next year, that's worth something. And and that's worth something because as you and I have talked about, this is now, you know, it is at at once an endorsement of Justin Fields because they had an opportunity to draft a quarterback and they decided to pass on that and instead surround him with players who can help him, starting with DJ Moore. It is also a hedge against Justin Fields because now that they have a first-round pick next year from Carolina and their own, if something happens – where the future of Justin Fields is more murky next year than it is this year, whether, you know, I don't know, maybe he gets hurt. Maybe he just doesn't figure out the rhythm of an NFL passing game. Then they can use both of those picks and do next year, precisely what the Panthers did this year, which is move up in the draft and go get their guy. And, you know, next year's quarterbacks class is considered right now to be much better than this one. Um, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not packing Justin Fields bags for him, but I think that number one next year is important to keep for a lot of reasons. One of which being that it could be your get out of jail free card. If uh, fields go sideways. I think they made the sensible smart choice on fields here. They're betting on his future over the future of these draft picks. And I, I think, you know, if Justin Fields was in this draft class, he'd go first out of the quarterbacks. He's better than these guys. Justin Fields is not what the bears need yet. Mm Mm-hmm. And he may or may not get there. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's on track. I think he's where he should be two years in, 25 starts in, having endured all of this dysfunction and some malfunctions on the field. I mean, just total disarray between who was running the team when he got drafted and who he's had to play with over the first two years. They now have everything they need, Pat, between the draft picks and the cap space to put players around him. And they are betting that that will do the job, that when they look back at Justin Fields being the least productive passer in the NFL last season, they are determining that that's more on them than it is on him. And that is a problem that they now can fix. 
Yeah, and they've been open about that to their credit. You know, Ryan Poles, every time this offseason that he's endorsed fields, he has said, now, listen, we know that he needs to get better throwing. I do think, I think you're right. I think that this shows that, you know, they're expecting growth from fields and that they acknowledge that they didn't surround him with the best players last year. I think it's also a bet on fields himself getting better. And I think both things can be true. I I think that giving him uh, real blockers next week, hopefully in free agency, the Bears go and sign a couple of guys who can block for him. Uh, Giving him DJ Moore, giving him Chase Claypool after a full season, maybe adding a running back that can be productive in ways that David Montgomery wasn't. I think that will help him. But I I also think they're counting on Justin to improve himself as he goes into year three. And that only makes sense. I mean, if you look at this guy's history, what he's going to have the same offensive coordinator two years in a row for the first time since he was what in high school, something like that. Um, there, there is, uh, there is reason to expect him to make a leap that has everything to do with Justin and not necessarily the guys around. him. Yes, but the guys around him, there needs to be a major upgrade. And I think when you, when you hear them having four picks in the top 64, and it's a little skewed because three of those are like 54 and later, 53 right. and later. Sure. But, I, I mean, that's got to be two starting offensive linemen out of that. And at least one more in free agency. I mean, you're talking about three new, talented, quality starting offensive linemen for a guy who spent last season running for his life. I mean, he yeah. told you he didn't want to run for 1,000 yards. <laughs> but what choice did he have? How many right. times did you see him drop back, face immediate pressure, nobody's open? What else are you going to do? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that I think the way I'd phrase it would be between free agency and the draft. I think they need two and a half starting offensive linemen minimum, you know, whether you go out and spend on Orlando Brown um, this uh, this offseason or, or next week, whether you draft Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern, he sounds a lot more. It sounds a lot more realistic now at nine than it did when they were drafting number. That's one. his range right there. I mean, that's, yeah. that's right around where everyone thinks he'll be. Yeah. But you know, maybe you go look at the Jaguars kid. Uh, you know, maybe you look at Mike McGlinchey to play right tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, the best thing they can do is overpay offensive linemen <laughs> this off season because it will help uh, them. It, it should help fields, but at the very least it will help them get an honest evaluation of fields. And Jason, I, I feel like we've said this a thousand times, and it's probably because we have. But, you know, if you want to rewind to this time last year, all of our main concerns with the Bears' uh, inability to add quality talent to their roster was that, you know, how in the world are they going to get a real evaluation of their quarterback? They never solved that problem. And now they're, you know, Ryan Poles is in year two of trying to do just that. Yeah, Pat, um, another thing I want to talk about here is what they did at wide receiver bringing in DJ Moore who is more accomplished than any wide receiver they have. I think if all that had happened today was you saw the Bears traded a draft pick for DJ Moore, that'd be pretty significant. Yeah. If the Bears had traded maybe a second-round pick or something to get him, you'd be pretty interested in that addition because David uh, DJ Moore has hit 1,000 yards three times in his career already. He's a former first-round pick. He's 25. Right. Now, he's not uh, – like Devonte Adams, sure. or Tyreek Hill, he's not a a universal number one on almost any team. But look at their top three right now with him, Claypool, and Mooney, all twenty five or younger, all very affordable contract wise. 
That's for so now. much for now. Yes, that's so much better than what they had going into last season. I mean, my that is that is just okay. I, I like that group. I don't love it, but it's still miles ahead of where they were going into last season. Well, and there's a world too where at number nine, you know, Jackson Smith and Jibba is old teammate. That makes sense there. I mean, they could go four four wide with Valus Jones as your five, and all of a sudden this looks starts to look like a real professional football team's wide receivers room, which is something that we couldn't say at this time last year. Uh, DJ Moore's a good player. I, I joked with you today. I thought DJ Moore was he might be their third best player right now as we sit here, maybe top five, and hopefully that changes you know after free agency is over with. But you know he averaged a thousand over a thousand yards a season in five seasons. Jason, since 2014, the Bears have had two guys get 1,000 yards, Allen Robinson and um, Darnell Mooney. And Darnell Mooney barely passed it with the, you know, with the gift of an extra game on the schedule. Uh, you know, DJ Moore just does that every year, and uh, you know, that will help them. Uh, the fact that he is under contract for the next three seasons at you know, somewhat of an elevated rate, but certainly cheaper than the market. Uh, you know, every year the market on receivers blows up even more and more and more. And, and the Bears have to like the number that they got him under now. I think uh, he's very affordable. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to, I mean, he's going to be here. He's about 17 million a year. That's very affordable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, you know, what is, what do you think some of the, what do you think Jacoby Myers is going to get on the free agent market? Like something similar. That's, and, and he is not nearly the, the player that Moore is. It's so funny I, because this, this is not the Bengals wide receivers. This is not at that level. But we've been saying all along, Patrick, that, okay, they got Claypool and Mooney. Neither of those is number one. They need to bring in somebody over the top of those guys. Mm-hmm. And they did, but it's like when you watch someone doing the uh, uh, the high jump and they just, like, they clear it by a millimeter. I mean, yes, DJ Moore better, just barely, than those two guys. <laughs> well, and I think it's worth pointing this out, too. DJ Moore's coming from a place – whose quarterback situation has been as bad as the Bears has been. This isn't him, you know, this isn't Byron Pringle playing with Patrick Mahomes last year and ending up with good numbers. This is somebody who's had to <laughs> catch passes from everyone from Sa- <laughs> from Sam Darnold to, you know, the ghost of Cam- of Cam Newton to however many other bad Panthers quarterbacks you can think of in the last five years. Amazingly, he is going to a place with a better quarterback situation than the, the one he came from. Uh, there are very few franchises out there that you could say that about. So I think, I think he is their best receiver as we sit here right now. I think that adding a number one receiver without having to swim in the depths of paying uh, via free agency is a great idea. And, you know, you, you hear, you know, Deandre Hopkins, for example, the market for him, I had somebody tell me last week was, was a second round pick. I mean, I'd rather have DJ more than, than give up a, sev- a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Pat, what do you think is the value to the Bears of getting this deal done now with free agency opening Monday? Ryan Poles told us last week in Indianapolis that there would be an advantage to them. It would be preferable to do this deal before free agency rather than take it all the way to the last minute uh, in at the end of April and maybe see if the bidding gets out of control. What, what do you view as the positives and negatives to doing this deal now, early March, before free agency? First of all, I think it's worth pointing out that this is pretty unprecedented for somebody with the number one overall pick. 
The number one overall pick has been traded before draft day twice this century. Uh, the Charger trade uh, of uh, Michael Vick uh, for LaDainian Tomlinson, that was the day before the draft. And I want to say the Rams moving up to take Jared Goff was two, exactly two weeks before the draft. Uh, there's another situation in which the Chargers drafted Eli Manning and then traded him after the fact, but we'll ignore that. Uh, nobody does it 48 days in advance the way that Ryan Poles does. And I think that's advantageous for a couple of reasons. Number one is you get the feeling that the Panthers paid a premium because now they don't have to go out and sign a quarterback in free agency that they think can start for them. Um, you know, the Bears, you know, gain a little bit of an advantage too because now that they have DJ Moore, they're probably not going to go shopping for free agent wide receivers. I think having roster certainty on both sides uh, is helpful. And I, and I think that the Panthers probably gave up more than they would have given up, you know, six weeks from now uh, to make the deal. I also think in this current situation, you know, I don't know where Lamar Jackson's going to end up. You know, I don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up, you know, the Jets or retirement or back to the Packers. There is a non zero chance that, you know, one of those two quarterbacks at least would uh, end up with a quarterback needy team that would take a potential trade partner off the board for the Bears. Um, because of that, I think that getting something done now made sense because when you're playing, when you're playing musical chairs, you know, if you throw Lamar Jackson out there, uh, maybe, you know, maybe that would have cooled the market down just a little bit. What do you think? I think it's good for the Bears to know where they're spending their money. So they know they are spending $17 million the next three seasons on DJ Moore. They likely have a ballpark idea on what they'll be paying Mooney in an extension. And I don't think Mooney is going to be particularly expensive. Mm -hmm. And Claypool is not a guy who Ryan Poles pretty made pretty clear. They're not going to give him an extension this year. Yeah, he told us they, that. They got to see him play more. They got to see some actual production before they make a decision on that so uh they know what they've budgeted at wide receiver and it's pretty reasonable so now they know like you were saying go overpay some offensive linemen go give orlando brown 112 million or whatever they they know a lot more clearly that they can afford to do that yeah and i think that that's i think that's helpful for both them and and, and the panthers and, and i think it also gave the bears kind of this perception of a false deadline that I think always helps when you're negotiating, you know, you know, if the bears sit there and go, we want to get this done by the start of free agency, like that doesn't mean anything. The bears, if they wouldn't have gotten an offer, they liked, they could have pushed it back all they wanted, but you know, the threat of free agency coming up, I think provided an immediacy to the negotiations. And I think that that usually helps the team that's auctioning off the, uh, the best, you know, the best thing. And, you know, the Bears trading the number one, make no mistake, the number one pick is by far the best thing being exchanged in this trade. And the Bears could ask for the moon and they could set a deadline, uh, even though the deadline was seven weeks before the draft. They, Ryan Poles, I think, played this well. Nobody bought his bluff that he might just keep it and pick a quarterback and trade Justin Fields. He pretty much told us nobody was buying it when he said no one had called about Justin Fields. Nobody had hit him up and said, what would it take to get Justin Fields? But I think he played this well timing-wise. It's great for him to have clarity on this before free agency. The overall package they got in return is very good, especially if you're betting, uh, what is it called on Wall Street? If you're shorting, 
shorting on, the Panthers. Uh, on the Panthers. Um, now the question to me, Pat, is just just looking at needs, not trying to you know project every pick in the top eight. What do you want to see them walk away with at number nine? I think it depends on what they do in free agency. I think offensive line and defensive line is where you need to spend your capital, whether that's money or whether that's draft picks. I think that you could argue that maybe, maybe linebacker is number three, you know, maybe another corner would be helpful. You know, they've, they've got needs everywhere, but worrying about who your second tight end is, or even who half of your running back platoon is. I think worrying about that is silly unless you've got, you know, blockers in front of them and unless you have defensive linemen, uh, you know, uh, doing what they do. It's worth pointing out that last year, Justin was sacked 14 point something percent of the time when he dropped back. And that was the most ever uh, since the merger by a quarterback who threw 400 times uh, in a season. So in theory, he just had the worst pass protection season in the history of the modern NFL. You could look at the Bears defensive line. And they had the second fewest sacks in the history of the franchise in the modern NFL since the merger. You know, both of these units are bad and they're historically bad and probably bad enough that the bears can, you know, overspend on O-linemen and D-linemen this off season. And still probably have to do it again next off season to get everything to where it should be. So that's where I would look. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, in the draft kind of, you know, see where you are after free agency before making that draft decision. Jason, I want to ask you one more, if uh, if you don't mind. Nope. How great is it? I'm sorry. How's your voice, Jason? Am I put? Am I killing your it's, voice? It's it's bad. But go ahead. In the world of social media, and then and then then we'll get you back to some hot tea. By the way, have you been doing hot tea? What have you been doing? What's the question, Pat? How great is it that the next seven weeks aren't being spent watching Bears Twitter freak out about whether or not Justin Fields should be the starting quarterback? and what they should do with the pick. Uh, it calms everything down because how long has this been going on? I mean, this predates them getting the number one pick. Was this December? I think this started. Yeah, the Justin Fields thing, yeah. I want to say early to mid-December was when it became clear the Bears would be picking very high. Not necessarily first, but very high, possibly first. And that is when I started to first just get inundated with this Justin Fields trade talk. So Ryan Poles you know, is not factoring that into his decision-making and getting this done now, but all of Chicago can calm down a little bit. Now. <laughs> yeah, that would be good for, for us and for them alike, and maybe even good for your voice, Jason, who knows? Um, we will be back during free agency to, to uh, chat about uh, who the bears end up signing uh, and, and what it means for the future. Until then though, you can follow Jason and myself on Twitter. You can also follow Mark Potash. You can check us out in the sun times uh, online or pick up a newspaper. If you can download the app on your phone, it's great. Uh, there's plenty of really exciting bear stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we will be here to talk about it for Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.